0: I have to say that I'm a little uneasy with the sermon that, that I have together today, because out of all the times that I've spoken, this is one that seemed like it was the hardest to put together. And even having it, having it written down, I'm not sure where I'm going. I have the map, but I'm not sure if I'm going to follow it. A few years ago well actually it's been almost a decade now the Lord placed on my heart the need for revival and he placed a verse on my heart and that was 2nd uh, Chronicles 7-14 he said that if the church impressed on me if the church really wants revival you have to learn from what the Old Testament what the Old Testament said If you really want revival, I told my people how. It's in the Bible. If you really want revival, the title of my sermon today is It's Time. Church, I think it's time. I think it's time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the spirit that you've allowed us to feel we thank you lord for the atmosphere of praise we thank you lord for your word we pray lord that you would bless me lord anoint me lord jesus that i may speak this message to your people lord that it would not be my words that it would not be words of man's wisdom but lord that it would come from the throne of god itself in jesus name i pray in Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. you can be seated. I'd like to take us back to Second Chronicles, chapter seven verses 12 through 14. The Bible says, "And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among my people if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Back when the when first Lord, impress this on me. I actually wrote out a a series of blogs that are no longer, I don't think, are uh, discoverable on the web anymore. But just going over, hey church, if we want revival, if we want revival, God laid it out. But the first key to that was it's if my people who are called by my name. Now at the time he was talking about the children of Israel. He was talking about his people that he took out of the land of Ur with Abram. The people that he took out of Egypt under Moses. But Paul said that, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? So I I, I can put myself back into that. I just, I, as I said, I'm having, having a hard time with this one. It, it, I think now more than then, it's hit me. Church, we need revival. And I'm not just saying, hey, we need a series of services. I'm not just saying that, hey, we need to to have an excitement again. I'm not saying that we need a new vigor. I'm saying I need revival. One of the definitions of revive is to bring back to life. If you've ever seen the medical shows, you know, they, they, somebody has a heart attack and they can't find a pulse, can't find a pulse. You know, Charge the paddles, let's shock them. It's bringing, it, bringing that heart back to life, bringing a rhythm back. I need that. I feel like I've lost some of the life that life took away from me. During the Revolutionary War, Colonel Rawl, a Hessian commander at Trenton, was playing cards when a courier brought a message stating that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware. Rawl put the letter in his pocket and didn't bother to read it until after the game was finished. Then, realizing the seriousness of the situation, he hurried to try to rally the men to meet the coming attack. But his procrastination was his undoing. He and many of his men were killed and the rest of the regiment was captured. Tomorrow is the excuse of the lazy and the refuge of the incompetent. The Battle of Trenton, I was looking at some of the stats that the Haitian army, I think, was, had close to 1,500 um, soldiers. They had, I think it was 500 casualties, 800 captured. The American Army, who started out with 2,500, I think came to the battle with about 500. They lost five men. And those five men were wounded, not killed. We have a battle going on in our lives. We have a battle going on in this church. We have a battle going on in this world. And if we procrastinate, if we sit by to have just one more game, to have just one more time of excitement, can I say to have just one more good service? There are going to be casualties of this world. Can I say there's going to be casualties of this church? There's going to be casualties of our own souls. You know, we've talked a lot about impacting the world. It seems like this generation wants to impact the world, and change it for good. If we actually want to, to believe that and to, to do anything about it, we can't impact the world just sitting in a church building. We can pray, and pray is impactful. But the world doesn't only need prayer. Prayer. The world needs the word of God. The Bible said, we talked about it in the class this morning, that, well, we need people to come to church to hear the word of God. And it was quickly mentioned that, well, we don't need the church to hear the word of God. We can hear the word of God wherever we're at. We can do it in the mall. We can do it in the Starbucks. But we need somebody to speak the word of God. For us to be impactful to this world we need to speak the word of god outside of this building there's no time for procrastination there's no time to sit on our hands and enjoy the presence of god it's time to go out if i were to ask who would like to impact the world around them, and help bring the lost to Christ, I'm sure that everybody would raise their hand. There will be some who will make a definite difference and help save souls lost in this world. Sadly, however, most people will truly not make any significant change. This is because of one of Satan's most valuable tools that he uses on people, it's called procrastination. Or I can do it tomorrow. Now, I don't know if it's the fact that my, name is, my last name is Canarium or what, but I have been blessed with the curse of procrastination. There are times that at work need to be ready for a meeting. I'm getting ready five minutes before the meeting. Sometimes it's because I didn't plan. Sometimes it's because I planned and things changed to where I could not fulfill the plan. But time and time again, I find that I am a procrastinator. If there is a Procrastinators Anonymous, I probably would be a charter member. You know the, hi, I'm Harold, I'm a procrastinator. But too often, and I've seen it in my my own life, too often Satan uses that. Too often we think, okay, I can do that first thing tomorrow. i even plan for it, first thing tomorrow. And come first thing tomorrow, either in an emergency or the alarm clock doesn't go off. I've got to change plans. Oh, I can do it tomorrow. And we keep talking about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And the plan never comes. This is titled, It's Time Because the World around us is growing darker and darker. If you have not read any of the news, one, I would probably say bless you. But if you have read just the, the smallest amount of news, you know that this world is going in the wrong direction fast. Faster than, than I can ever remember. In my lifetime, we've gone from saying it's okay to commit abortion To saying that it's okay to be gay, to saying it's okay to be married and gay. Now we're hitting the point to where, I hate to bring this up, but we don't know if we're gay because we don't know what gender we are. I I heard a funny stat, and it was from a, a liberal comedian that was saying it, that the LGBT, XYZ, the whole gamut, they elected their, their uh, field marshals for the gay pride parade. And he went through the, the four or five different people. And the, the comedian, just like, this is great and wonderful, you do what you, you do, you type of thing. He's like, but there's one thing wrong with this. Out of all those that were represented there, it's a gay pride parade, but none of them are gay. It's just this world is going in the wrong direction, and they're going there fast. They're going there fast. And the only thing that I can, I can say is that, Lord, come quickly. Lord, come quickly. But I do believe that he is restraining himself just for the one more just for the one more and as I said that one more needs someone to speak the word of God to them revival is what this world needs but it doesn't start in the world it starts in the church it starts when the people of God seek it and make sacrifices to see it We are all not getting any better over time. We see the chaos, the destruction that ensues when God is left out of our consideration. Today's science shouldn't be called such. The debate of science has gone from creation and evolutionary to reality versus my truth. The world needs revival. Our key scripture today shows that there was a plan in how to achieve revival within the Jewish nation. When God's people forsook the plans of God and the commandments of God, there was a way to receive revival. But God also let his people know that at least some of the hardships that they would experience would be brought on by him. There are consequences to falling out of the will of God. There are drought. There's famine. There's sickness. These are consequences of falling out of the will of God. And it seems America, in this time, is experiencing a lot of those consequences. Our homeless rate skyrocketed. Continued sicknesses, shortage of items everywhere, prices going up. Could we be in the time that God is holding the rain, sending the locusts, and sending the pestilence? As a nation, we have turned away from God. We've kicked them out of our governments, we kicked them out of our schools. And then we wonder why our our kids go off the deep end. We wonder why our kids are rebellious. The problem may not really be the schoolhouse. It may be the church house. We have reared generations of children who do not really know God. And now they're in charge. How much time do we have before Christ returns? The signs of prophecy are being fulfilled daily. Whether you see it or not, God is coming back soon. The good news? Well, the good news is that we serve a God that is able to turn things around. He wants to have a people that will serve him. The key is that He will do his part when we do ours. You know who can save a home? Who can save a community? Who can save a country? Yes, God can. We know that. But he can only do it through people like you and me in this service today. We don't have time to put off things that we ought to be doing today. We do not have the time. 2 Corinthians seven thirteen through 15 is a very popular uh, passage. I've seen it, verse 14 specifically quoted quite often. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. The earliest I remember of the 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 scripture being quoted is in a song, and they cut a couple pieces out of it. But but it just hit me that if my people, hey, am I my people? If my people, there are six principles to be gained from this passage. very important principles, and there are principles that I think we need to, to start obeying now. The first principle is that it's time to look around. God is telling his people that in order for things to change, they need to look around and see the horrible condition of things. The punishment described here is our agricultural or the land was cursed. But we know that from other passages, that when Israel strayed strayed from God, that they were also cursed spiritually. They were given over to paganism, serving other gods. They were also conquered many, many times. Could God be telling us to take a look around our nation and see the horrible consequences of our sin, haven't we become a nation that is very much godless? I mean, you can find a religion to worship just about anything these days. I was watching a video just the other day about atheists talking about freedom of religion and how something... I think it was the abortion, an abortion bill. How the abortion bill was against their religion. A religion that wasn't, isn't really a religion. Not only something so in your face, but we also have personal religions that we don't know of or we don't consider. How many millions is spent in watching basketball, watching football, watching baseball, the sports that we worship? How about getting too deep into work, trying to make the money? Show me the money. Oh, we have our religions and the gods that we worship. I believe God is saying it's time for us to take a look around and see what's going on around us. In a speech made in 1863, Abraham Lincoln said, We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, And power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imaged or imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become so self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to God that made us. This was 1863. Seems like not much has changed except gotten worse. The second principle, it's time to reflect. If my people who are called by my name, here God is speaking to his people, the Jews, but who are God's people today? His people are those who have repented of their sin, have taken on their na- his name in baptism and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Those who are in a continued relationship with him. Those he has placed his name upon. These are his people. Can I say, we are his people. Third principle, we need to bow down. Those who are called by my name shall humble themselves. The word humble in the Bible doesn't have the same meaning as we ascribe it today. Today we think of a humble person as being one who is very nice or quiet. Maybe one who gives in or goes along with everything. Here the word literally means to bow the knee in subjection to. The word often is used when describing the military defeat of an enemy. It means to subdue an enemy or cause them to surrender, to humiliate them. And it was a a forced act. However, in this passage, it is implying a willful act of submission. He says, if they will humble themselves... God is saying that he wants us to surrender every area of our lives to his authority, to bend the knee in allegiance to him. Can we say that we are surrendering every area of our lives? It was said that, uh, of Moses. Moses spent 40 years thinking he was somebody. Then he spent 40 years on the backside of the desert realizing He was nobody. And finally, he spent 40 years of his life learning what God can do with a nobody. God has two thrones, one in the highest heavens, but he also has a throne in the lowest of hearts. Now, humility is not walking around saying, I'm nobody, but rather it is acknowledging that I owe everything to God. And others who have invested in me. Pride, on the other hand, will keep us from hearing God's word and doing his will. Are we humble and shapeable? Or are we becoming proud and hardened toward God in any area of our lives? The fourth principle, speak out in prayer. In its simplest form, prayer in the scriptures means to communicate. If we truly want God to do a work in our hearts and revive our nation and revive our church, then ask yourself, how often do I communicate with God? Do I spend time talking to Him or with Him? Communication In its simplest form is a conveyance of understanding. But communication is also two-way. A lot of times, it seems that, and I, I experience it in my own life, communication with God is, hey, God, how you doing? Great, wonderful. Hey, I have this list of needs. That's not communication. That's talking to God. And quite honestly, that's not a humble communication. I believe that we should set ourselves apart, set ourselves a time. To just be alone with God. And there are times that I'll start prayer and then I'll just stop talking. It's my way of saying, Lord, you're sovereign. You talk. Lord, speak to me. You know me better than I know myself. You know my needs before I have them. Lord, your turn to talk. Someone has said that much prayer means much power. Little prayer means little power. No prayer means no power. There are three basic types of prayer in the Bible. There's supplication. That is the, the hey, I, hey, God, I have requests. This is the easiest of prayers for most people. Then there's intercession. And that's making a request on somebody else's behalf. This is a little bit more, more difficult. It takes effort. It takes forethought. And then there's Praise. It is a prayer that worships and gives thanks to God. This is the level that God wants us to be at continually. The fifth principle is really simple. Dig in, seek him. This is the, and seek my face. That phrase literally means to desire a favorable audience with. It is to get one's attention. There may have been times when you wanted to have a favorable audience with somebody. Well, God desires that of us. He wants us to find out what what pleases him and to do it. Not out of duty, but out of love. And it's not a momentary thing, but a lifelong process. The reason why I put the dig in there, it's not something that's easy. It's something that takes work. You have to dig in and decide you want to do it. You have to dig in and decide you're going to do it. You have to dig in and make unbreakable plans to do it. Again, it is not a momentary process. Notice that he didn't say, seek my hand. When scripture talks about God's hand, it refers to what he can do for us or what he possesses the the face rather refers to the countenance and reveals the character of a person or who they really are God is not saying God what can you do for me but it's saying God who are you God what can I do for you The sixth principle clean up when having my grandkids over and even when we had um, our kids were young I remember the song pick up, clean up put your toys away hey church, it's time to pick up and clean up There's not too much that I can add to this. It simply means that if we are going down the wrong path in any area of our life, we need to turn around, change our direction. The scripture talks about two specific types of sin. and that's a sin of omission and a sin of commission. Sins of omission are the things that God tells us to do and we neglect. This is the if you do not or if you know to do uh, good and do it not it is a sin. If we know that we need to pray and we don't. If we know we need to talk about God and be a witness of him and don't. If we know we need to attend a meeting. Reach out to a a lost person on our heart and don't. That's the sin of omission. Then there's the sins of commission. Things that God has told us not to do. Anyway. Maybe there is a path of disobedience that we are following that leads to this destruction. All sin eventually leads to misery. Isn't it time for us to turn away? And turn the, from the path of misery to the path of joy in life. Do you want to see revival? Do you want to see revival in the church? Do you want to see revival in yourself? Do you want to see revival in your family? Revival can't be bought, brought on and sustained by just one person. God said, if my people as a group, not Solomon as a king, if you, or Solomon, if my priests, but it was if my people who are called by my name, and it's an an inclusive statement. There was no except for, there was no unless you. It's if my people who are called by my name, I hope that you feel that you are called by his name. If you do, this is to you. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. As I said, revival can't be brought on by a single individual. But revival is an individual thing. I cannot bring you revival. I cannot be humble on your stead. I cannot seek God's face for you. It is an individual thing. We, together, individually, have to seek the face of God to see revival. But when God's people, as a congregation, purpose in their hearts to seek him, then there will be revival. Someone once asked an old-time evangelist to explain the best method to start revival. He answered, Take a piece of chalk. And mark a circle on the floor. Get down on your knees inside the circle and pray to God to start revival inside this circle. When this prayer is answered, revival will be on. If we could purpose in our hearts, God, we need revival. Start with me. God, my church needs revival. Start with me. God, my family needs revival. Start with me. God, I've lost lost family members. Start with me. This here's where, honestly, I don't know where to go. other than to say, church, we need revival, and it's time. I'm asking each and every one of you, individually, hey, can you figuratively draw that circle on the floor, step in, bow to your knees in humbleness, and say, God, I need revival. Start with me. Start with me. Could we all stand? I believe that it is time. I honestly believe that it's past time. But as so many people that I've been around have said, there's no better time than right now. There's no better time than the present. It's not time to procrastinate. It's not time to say tomorrow. But now is the time. Now is the time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for all the many blessings that you've given us. I thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, that instructs us, Lord Jesus. Lord, gives us an instruction of how we could see revival. Lord, that it is through you, that it is through us seeking you. It is through us placing you in the right place in our lives. And that through that, you will revive. That you will bring back to life. That you will regenerate. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you'd write these words upon our heart. In Jesus' name, protect us. Lord, as we leave, as we go out into this world, Lord, let the revival start With me. Let the revival start with us. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Church, I hope that something I said is uplifting, something I said has given you consideration. I hope that it wasn't in vain but I hope that you take these words to heart. Thank you for being here. Thank you for for helping escort the presence of God into our service as we did today, as we did last week. Thank you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.